What's good, fam? We are here for another episode of The Jigsaw, and I'm super excited about today's conversation and episode. Why? Because we're talking about one of my absolute... Wait a minute. I was rude. How y'all doing? Y'all okay? I'm doing okay. Today, Um, this week, a better week than it was last week as far as processing everything that's going on in the world. It is still a crap fest. It's how I've been describing it, but you know, one that I've been able to manage a little bit better with my mental health. So I'm doing good. Hope y'all are doing good too. Hope y'all have been managing the week, unplugging when you need to, taking breaks when you need to, saying no when you need to, saying yes when you need to. I hope that you're taking care of yourself. That's what's most important. But as far as the programming is concerned, what we're going to talk about today as family members, as our people, I'm excited because I get to talk about my favorite, one of my favorite shows of all time, Insecure. I'm going to let you know now, right now in this intro, <laughs> it is a long episode, so please don't get mad at me. Um, hang in there because we have some really great conversations and we talk about some really dope topics. I'm not going to do too much. Let's go ahead and get into our first segment so we can get to the real, real, real conversation. Let's go into the Bless Up Report. So what's going on, y'all? This week on the Bless Up Report, I want to shout out a local hero. She is a friend to the podcast, my homegirl, my friend Yolanda Johnson, member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. She is spearheading this really dope Juneteenth March and rally. It's called March for Us or We March for ATL. Um, Well, this march is for us, ATL. My bad. I'm, I'm messing up and I'm going to be a part of the rally but i want to shout out my homegirl for putting it together and rallying up a whole bunch of black folk and allies and advocates and accomplices to get together to make sure that we are still pushing the needle towards social justice we cannot let up y'all i know some of our timelines are going back to normal and maybe even after juneteenth there's been some speculation or fear that people are just going to go back to their normal routines but this is a marker to let the people know that we are not letting up. The revolution will be televised. So if you're in the Atlanta area, meet us. And I know I usually do announcements at the end, but I want to make sure I shouted her out for having the idea, being the visionary, galvanizing the people, getting the permits, making it happen. It is no small feat. So shout out to you, Yolanda. If you're in Atlanta, join us June 19th, this Friday at 3.30 p.m. to 6 o'clock. We're going to be starting in Hurt Park in downtown Atlanta. We got some amazing special guests. Um, So yeah, shout out to you and for all the work that you are doing. Now, let's go real, real, real quick to the billboard. Just a couple of things we're going to highlight because I told you ah, the living room conversation is a long one. I don't want to hold y'all too long. So this week in the Billboard, it's been some some decent stuff happening. Celebrities been celebrating, and <laughs> and culture has been doing what they do best, and society has been doing what they do. Um, real quick for something that's a little bit more serious, um, Aunt Jemima is going to change the name of their famous syrup, and um, they are also changing the picture now. They have altered the picture once before in the past. Um, because it really depicted the, the the fictional, well, not the fictional, but the Mammy character. Um, so they changed it and had like this kind of auntie 
kind of picture on there for years and so they're getting rid of that picture and they're also going to change the name now there have been like speculations and jokes and memes was like don't change the recipe though and this is in the third and you know as much as i i guess appreciate the sentiment of what they're doing it's been a long time coming that should have been changed a long time ago um like we all knew what Unjemima was based in from the picture to the name of the syrup, the entire brand was tainted. Now, did they have good syrup? Absolutely. But as far as this magnanimous gesture toward black and brown folk, no, absolutely is not. It is something that you should have done a while ago. And it is unfortunate that it took these series of events and tragedies and protests and all this to make you see that you were wrong. Like it was just wrong. So anyway, that's what they're doing. We'll see what the new name is going to be. There's no word yet about what the new name or what new image they're going to use, but it is in the works. On a lighter note, I talked to you, I want to say last week, I know we talked about it before, the new song with um, Takashi 69 and Nicki Minaj. Now, y'all know I ain't listening to nothing that Takashi 69 is doing, but I am. The only reason why he made it to the podcast <laughs> was the fact that I am a, you know, kind of quiet fan of Nicki Minaj. And I said I wasn't going to listen to the song, and I still haven't. But what I understand is that she threw a few jabs at some people who came for her in the past. One to Usher, when he talked about, I think he mentioned that she was doing a versus possible conversation that he was having with Swiss Beats. That, you know, Anika Minaj, Little Kim versus wouldn't necessarily be good because she's a product of Little Kim. We all all know where that drama um, lies between those two and how Nikki specifically feels about it. And then there's this like show that Claudia Jordan has with the panel of women and Lisa Ray is one of the women. And she kind of mentioned something about, you know, women today and their bodies and how they're using them or how they look or something, something along those lines. We're not going to get too deep into it. But anyway, Nikki responded and threw a few shade jabs at her. You can go listen to the song for yourself. I read them. I mean, they were, they were funny. Um, and I'm, and here's the thing. I much rather like Nikki, instead of going crazy on queen radio, just, you know, throw it in your lyrics and let us laugh about it and going on about your business. But you know, if anything, that should be a board report. <laughs> I'm going to keep it super light, super quick. I know that's not how we typically do it, but I really want to get into this conversation. I don't want to leave, um, have you on here all day listening to us because we're going to get into some really good stuff. So buckle your seatbelts, get your juice, get your popcorn, whatever your favorite snack, have a seat on the couch because we are headed into the living room. So welcome to the living room, everybody. You already know this is the meat and potatoes of our conversation. And today I am super, super, super excited about the uh, about what we're going to talk about. I got three super, super special guests. This is a Jigsaw podcast first. I usually have one person on the on, on the couch in the living room, but we got the couch, the love seat, and the guest chair all filled up. <laughs> and I can't wait for you to hear who I have. We're going to talk about insecure the entire season as best as we can in this limited time frame if you have not watched insecure in its entirety your bad i'm not saving anything for you it's your fault you had a whole what's this 48 72 some odd hours post finale for you to for you to get caught up so without further ado i'm gonna let you know who is in the living room with me we're gonna start off with my homegirl caitlin tell the people who you are introduce yourself Hi, I'm Caitlin. I live in Memphis, Tennessee. I work for my dream company. Shout out to Verizon. I am a Jesus lover and I am a 
University of Memphis alum. What's up, y'all? My name is John Wood. I am a poet from Atlanta, Georgia, from Southwest Atlanta. Um, I also own a faith-based brand called Stained Glass Apparel. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hey y'all, I'm Keisha. I'm from St. Paul, Minnesota, and I'm also Josh's cousin, and I now live in Atlanta. So thank y'all for joining me on the couch today. Um, it's going to be super dope conversation, like I said, and all these people are super dope. And we're going to just really dive into the totality of the show, talk about some real life stuff that happens to, I think, us, especially Black millennials, because that's what the show really depicts. And one thing I love about Issa is that sometimes like the concepts are extreme, but they're still really real. And I don't think that she's presented anything so extreme that it's not real. Now, just throw this out here. I do not like how the season ended that we had to have love without pain. Um, yeah. So we'll talk about how that's often presented in black love stories. Um, but before, before we dive into, before we dive into that concept, John, like, um, let's just go, let's just go straight into it. What did you love about season four of Insecure? Um, I, I think I really liked seeing, um, the whole Molly and Issa situation kind of play out. I think mm -hmm. that is super important to see, you know, friendship in that light and to understand that, you know, friendship goes through these ups and downs and these phases. And, um, it, it and it really, I'm glad that, that, that they let that play out in the sense of like, we kind of saw them butting heads over the different seasons, but didn't really know how, where it would go or what it was going to do. But I'm glad that like, they kind of went their separate ways, even for just, you know, a few episodes. Right. You know what I'm saying? To live life that way, you know, without each other, you know, and you kind of see, you know, that, that, you know, just the, the, the mountains and the valleys that they were kind of just going through. So I'm really glad that they didn't shy away from taking it there. Yeah. Kayla? I actually loved how Lawrence and Issa were kind of rekindling and didn't even realize it all the way back to episode two, just mm -hmm. the minor little things, the inside jokes, how their chemistry is just unmatched. And I mean, it's, they just couldn't stay away from each other. So I loved it. I loved how they were able to reconcile their differences from a painful five-year relationship. Yeah. Keisha, anything you want to add to that? Um, I just love how we've seen Issa's growth. First of all, Issa could do no wrong in my eyes, but <laughs> I just love <laughs> I just love how we've seen her like go through all the challenges for her black party and how she like doubted herself, but you know, Nathan was like picked her up or whatever. And then even from like the fall of her her and Molly's um friendship when she was just like, Okay, like I realized there's nothing more I could do. So that's just that. So I just love her growth. It's it's interesting that you said Issa can do no wrong because listen, that was in my opinion, there was a ton of things <laughs> yeah. that Issa did wrong. <laughs> um, but I, I like that you brought it up in case I'm gonna throw it back to you. Like, I think we know who your favorite character is. So let's talk about it. Like why why is Issa your favorite? And this is gonna go to everybody. Um, Issa's my favorite because I guess I see myself and like she's awkward I be doing awkward stuff and um she kind of struggles a little bit um with like her like balancing stuff like now she's figured out like okay I don't 
I like nonprofits. Like she was, we got y'all and all mm -hmm. of that, but it wasn't really for her. And now like she knows like what she wants to do and she knows she can do it. She's, she could be successful at throwing like all these black parties and putting on for her city and all that stuff. And then also she could just handle, well, she, she's handling as best you can, like the growth and in her friendships, relationship wise and just personal growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I my my favorite character is is actually Kelly, bro. Like, <laughs> you know, because I like Kelly because I, I mean I think the show is written for you to identify with Issa. She has the most talk time. You find yourself with you know kind of going through her things. You know, my sister actually said that she liked Molly, which I was like, you're kind of crazy. But anyway, so I'm a Kelly fan because. You know, she doesn't get a whole lot of talk time, but she be there when the real stuff happens. She be the one trying to low-key gather people together, like with the whole Tiffany situation and the block party fallout. And, you know, she was there really like being, you know, just a fun friend, but they still be there trying to like help pull you together. So I really, really like her. Everybody else, I'd be like, straight on episode to episode. So, yeah. <laughs> it, I'm it has, sorry. It happens. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's still ringing. It's still all, ringing. It's all good. And who got a landline? Let's stop there. Like y'all. <laughs> let's stop there. You, you, you tried to save money on that Comcast bill. I know what that was about. But uh, go ahead. But no, this landline. But no, John. Like I had to. Uh, I definitely would have to agree. Kelly is by far my favorite character as well. I think one of my favorite scenes is from season three, actually. We won't dive into it. It's Coachella. Yeah. yeah. She was, she yeah. was on Molly. And she yeah, was like, yeah, remember yeah. me different? And she, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, I, so but, funny. But, but to your point, she's hilarious. She provides comedic relief. But we also see the depth of her friendship, particularly when Issa and Molly were into it. And she yep. kept calling. Yep. And like Issa asked, posed the question, like, are you calling Molly? She's like, yeah, I've been calling it too. And she answered up on either. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, and I think part of that was she went through it with Tiffany. Yeah. So like she knows, but the other part is like, as much as we have our own separate best friends, we are a quartet, so to speak. And yeah. like, we all need to be right. And just her holding, I think that's the other beautiful part, her holding her accountable in a way to say like, both of y'all be adults and let's talk about it. Yeah. And and I think in the in I think and sometimes in friendship circles I'm like in friendship circles where there are multiple people then you know and there have there are cliques with even Absolutely. in the circle you know there are cliques in the circle but you do need the person that's really close to them you know to still step in sometimes and be like what's going on with y'all like that's supposed to be your homie you know what I'm saying I love how she plays that role there. And what's interesting about the click too, and we, I'm, I'm gonna let Caitlin say who her favorite character is, is that even I think I think season three or two, when Tiffany was like, I know y'all got a group chat without me. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yep, yep, we yep. do. We yeah, do. So, yeah. so like, there's even like it even speaks to that dynamic of like sometimes you're closer to somebody else, and that's because for a myriad of reasons. But I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna shut up for a minute. Who's your favorite character, Caitlin? Andrew, I love Andrew. I think he is so Asian dope. Bay. Asian Bay. <laughs> he, he can be mine. Uh, he's down with the swirl, you know, and you you know my preference. But anyway, so um, I think that Andrew is amazing. He's like Molly's life coach. He always tries to give her a different perspective. And he's given her so many chances to realize, like, you know, not as annoying as his, as his brother, like, well devil's advocate like no he's just real chill with it yeah. one of my favorite parts 
was when they were at the block party and she's like, do you need me to teach you? And he's like, you need me to teach you? Like, he's culturally elevated. I love Andrew. He can do no wrong to me. Mm. Mm. Okay. Mm. Uh, <laughs> okay. Because Andrew, Andrew has some issues too. So, yeah. that's, uh, so, while, so while we're there, I want to really, before we really dig into some of the other nuances of the show, let's really dissect some of these relationships. And since we brought up Andrew, let's start there, Caitlin. Like Andrew and Molly, let's talk about their development, like the good, the bad, the ugly. Let's just walk in it. So I don't think that Molly was ever actually just feeling him from the beginning, but he was showing her attention. You know, she's like, I'll try something different. Um, she pretty much had to force herself to like him when he was readily available at all times. But then taking it back to episode one, where he said that he was dating other people. Oh, aren't you? Now you're mad. So he had to deal with so many different Molly hurdles and unwritten Molly rules. And I think that he handled it with class. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree. I feel like I feel like bruh be, be I don't even think like bruh scared. I just don't feel like bruh like could really handle just the, the, the her mean girl like like ways. Like I don't yeah. feel like he did a really great. I think he tried to hold her accountable, but it's just like he just I don't feel like he really really could. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I feel like he was more so just like a ticking time. I'm like. Some people, and I've been like that in relationships personally, where I like, you just taking tally, you know what I'm saying, of all the things, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like that's what he was doing the entire relationship. And that's why he was just like, bro, it's over with. Like, I knew it was about <laughs> to be over with. Like, it's no way that you can, like, you can just, like, take all those hits. Like, I mean, just a small stuff. Like, yeah, I wanted this type of food. Yeah, I didn't want that, so I ordered this. Like, girl, like, you know what I'm saying? It's never, it's always about her. And I feel mm. like he just got tired of that. Yeah, he was so can I annoyed ask- with her. Yeah. Yeah. So, John, can I ask you, do you think that he could handle somebody like Issa and somebody that's not as strong-willed as Molly? I think so. Yeah, I think so. And I think, it, I don't even think it's really about her being strong-willed. I think a lot of, just, I don't know, I feel like a lot of stuff that with her just boiled down to, like, just overall consideration for him. I don't feel like her consideration for him, like, maybe it's respect. I don't know what it was, but I was just like, bruh, like, you know what I'm saying? You <laughs> you know, like, you tighten up. Like, it's it's not going to work. Like, you can't take, take, take from so much from from the relationship, you know what I'm saying? Or make somebody compromise so much, and you don't ever meet them halfway, like, the other person can't always be the one compromising. And I feel like that was what's happening. I feel like if she compromised more, it would have been okay. But you know why do you think, but, I, but here's the thing. And as much as I agree with all of that, and I'm not caping for Molly at all, but why do you think he allowed Molly to do, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he, I, he, would, yeah. he would step up and say, hey, this is, but like, if we always wait to our boiling point, we're going to all, you know what I'm saying? Like immediately going to be fed up. Of course I'm yep. ready to break up now because I'm yep. tired and he doesn't want to have the conversation. So this is part of my beef with Issa. And we'll get there later is that I think we saw this trend. Yep. Um, not just with Molly, but just throughout the show where there was like this passiveness to yep. really address, like we would ha- they would have conversations, but they wouldn't have conversations and it would not be until like the block party or when they finally broke up. You know what I'm saying? That certain people would step up and say, like, this is how I feel you need, like, you need to share. Because for me, with um, Molly and Andrew, like, that conversation, 
the latest it would have happened was when you didn't come to the basketball game with my brother. Like, yeah. I get you felt disrespected, but, like, let's really talk about if we're going to be together, you're not just going to, like, not talk to him. Like, there needs to be, like, because I don't think he, he was, he was out of pocket. Let's yeah. start there. Yeah, I agree. Out of pocket. But I don't think he, what he did was not redeemable. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think that she lacked grace um, to be able to do this. And then, like, and why is it that when we break up, now, now you want to do the work. Now I go to therapy. Now I'm going to love your brother. Now I'm going to do this. Now I'm going to do No, 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 no. Right. You should have kept that energy <laughs> when we were together. You know what I'm saying, Keisha? That's, Molly is just so selfish and inconsiderate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's like everybody, everybody has to bend over backwards for her. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't, she's not considerate. And now it's like, and she takes relationships for granted. She takes her and Issa's friendship for granted. And it, it also, she can't really balance being with the boyfriend and her friendships. Like, mm-hmm. so like she got with Andrew, now you about, now you trying to ghost Issa and now like you trying to keep that separate. But then it's like, at first, Andrew was really considerate of your work schedule. Y'all both busy. But mm-hmm. you can't, but now you like y'all having dates at your house all the time now because you got finished this work and work is so overwhelming. And she just can't balance a lot of her her relationship life, period. Like overall, yeah. she can't do it. She sucks at it. She does. So Josh, to your yeah. point, going back to Andrew, I feel like, Okay, so, you know, I watched every episode again, and I took notes on every single episode, <laughs> and on every single page, in all caps, it says Molly is selfish because of something that she's done, and I think that Andrew actually had taken the time on multiple occasions to say, hey, I have an issue with this, and she just tossed it to the side, so, mm-hmm. yes, his demeanor, he's not a really aggressive person, he is pretty passive, but he's letting her know every single time. I have an issue with this, but you don't care. So, of course, I'm going to get to my boiling point if I'm telling you, hey, hey, I have an issue with this. And you're like, oh, but it's okay because I don't want to see your brother or, um, I mean, I'm, I'm uncomfortable. So, get over mm-hmm. it. No, and I think I think you're right, and we'll talk about this when we dissect Issa and Molly. I'm gonna say that for last because that was that was the season. Um, but I think one thing that Molly also lacked was her ability to read a room. There were so many times where, specifically with Andrew, uh, but everybody, where she just like you can see the nonverbals in people's faces and even the how they said certain things, and she was just like she ignored some of those social cues because to Keisha's point, she was selfish and it's about her. So I'm not really necessarily concerned about what you're saying or what you're feeling, and I. I Mm, I, I really don't know where they're rooted from because we see some of Molly's background, like her familial background with her parents and stuff, but nothing suggests, and it could be she's the only girl, so there's this princess mentality yeah. or something like that. I don't know, but she definitely was unable to read a room. But let's pivot a little bit to um, romantic relationships, and let's talk about the dynamic of Lawrence and Condola. Because they start the season off together. We're we going to get to Lawrence and Issa next. But Lawrence and Condola. I, so for me, I, so let's just start from the beginning. I don't think Tiffany was being messy when she exposed that they were dating. And I'm going to tell you why. Because if you, re, I rewatched the episode today. And if you understand how she brought it up, in her mind, she was like, oh, that was that one date. Apparently, 
like it was clear to me that Tiffany and Condola had clearly talked about Lawrence. And what it seems like Condola communicated was, mm, I don't know, because like when she said, oh, was it that one time dude that didn't pan out, that blah, 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 like she, so clearly that was the conversation. So her withholding that information to me, I don't want to say that it was okay, but I think for the benefit of their working relationship, it was okay if you were, if Lawrence was a one-time date that you never was going to date again. So yeah. I think she even found out the new information in that moment. Now, how she said, well, let's just get it out the air. And just know, like, it was a little, <laughs> it was a little passive aggressive or whatever you want to call it in that moment. But overall, I don't think that she was wrong for exposing it. Now, I don't like Kondo. Let's start there. I don't. Th I think that she brought out some stuff in Lawrence that he needed, and you know, just a side conversation. You know, I think that's one of Black women's superpowers that they often bring stuff out of us that we didn't know was there. But I also believe it's not necessarily their responsibility to build us. Um, hmm. That's a that's that's a thing that I <laughs> that I leave out there. But at the same time, I do think that she did like almost kind of like what Nathan did for Issa. Like she kind of propelled him and exposed Lawrence to some things like, oh, he kind of rethought and things like that. So in that regard, I do think that she was good for him for that. But overall, I think that she was balancing number one, her, ins her insecurities uh, with the whole Issa past situation, but also she had a lot of issues that she hadn't necessarily reconciled from her divorce right. and how she wanted to proceed in the future and wasn't really honest about you know, a whole, like we found it out at Thanksgiving. So yeah. like Condola and Lawrence to me was never something that sh was going to be long-term, but like, like what y'all think about them? So what did you expect meeting somebody at Tiffany's baby shower? Like there were so, only so, two or three guys there. So to Chad's point, which is another <laughs> one of my favorite characters, just for entertainment sake, Chad, Chad is toxic as crap. But <laughs> what I loved about him was like, bruh, it's a baby shower. Yeah. Like, talk, talk to the caterer, you know, <laughs> to take down a tent and go, you know, get a number and go home. So, like, you're right. You should automatically assume everybody in that room is connected. It's connected, yeah. or have Or has the ability to be super connected in the future. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I think that was, like, I don't know that Lawrence was thinking. Maybe he was thinking with the, the head below and not the one up top. You know what I'm saying? That happens. But, um, like, I, I think that was messy from the beginning. Yeah. It was. But even how Tiffany made that statement, like, I don't know if she knew the extent of their relationship, but I feel like she was being messy because if you didn't think you were being messy, you would not have taken the time to go through that long list of, oh, you mean that one guy that did this and y'all went on one date and mm -hmm. you didn't think it was, you wouldn't have done that to save face for Issa. Because if it was just you two talking, you would have said, oh. I don't know that she was saving face for Issa more so than she was, like, trying to make sure that it was Lawrence. You know yeah, what I'm I think saying? she was like, trying to make sure it was Lawrence, too. Yeah. And to why me, not like, just say Lawrence? Well, that, too. But at the same time, I think she went through that because I think she was also communicating in a very bad subliminal way to Condola, like, this is the same dude you said that didn't matter. You know what I'm saying? So like, I feel like it was the precursor in her mind, like something's awkward about is about to come up. So let yeah. me make sure that yeah. we're talking about the same guy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay, that's real. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, the Condola situation, yeah, I didn't really care for her either. Like, <laughs> I, I really kind of low-key felt bad for brother. He was caught, so caught off guard, you know what I'm saying, with the, whole, with the Thanksgiving situation, just mm -hmm. not knowing, you know, where she stood and all that but um 
Yeah, which made me even more mad about the ending of the season. I'm like, girl, gone. Like, scat. Like, <laughs> why are you here? Like, you don't even want this man. Like, like ride out. You know what I'm saying? So, And that's why I felt like, yeah, that whole situation and it just had more to do with, like, than him, than the child. But that's just... That's just my mm-hmm. yeah. Super fast. That was a word. Like, word. come on, girl. So, like, okay. So, do y'all think that, like, even with Condola, like, do you think that there was any benefit for her and Lawrence being together? Well, like you said, you know, she, she exposed him to some things. He even made the comment, like, you know, you make me want to get my stuff together. I need to level up. So, you know, she exposed him to a different crowd a different lifestyle so mm-hmm. yeah that that's it yeah <laughs> and, that's the only I, thing yeah i i also think that a lot of times men like have to if you got out of that you know the relationship the one that you thought was gonna be the one whatever you low-key do gotta date somebody that you think could also be the one and before you can write really figure out like what you really want you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm kind of like okay like I feel like a lot of men deal with that is like okay it's somebody I was I really wanted to be with but this is also this other like very possible option out here but then when I was you know then like if that don't work out then like I know that it wasn't it you know what I'm saying I feel like Condola was kind of that for Lawrence like on some oh she she real put together she got her stuff together just like you know my ex you know whatever but you know it don't work out, and then he starts kind of reevaluating what he wants again, and I think that's what it. But so he you, wasn't even that for her. Like he was just a jump off for her. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. she didn't even let him know. Like, but how you know? Yep. The drunk friend had to say it. The, the drunk yes, friend. And he was so like, he was so he was. Did hurt. y'all see? Did y'all see that coming? No. no, no, no! I didn't see that coming either. No, I actually, I well, I didn't see that coming, but I did have this theory that she was not exclusive with Lawrence because, and and for me, I thought about it because one, you didn't invite him to the friendsgiving thing, so you probably did really present him as a jump off to your friends. Yeah, uh, and then two, the whole broken sink plumbing situation it was, was still sketch. Broke. It was sketch. And I'm going to tell you why that was sketch to me. Condola is way too put together and has way too much money to be getting some janky plumber. Like, mm-hmm. who comes to your house and be like, oh, you got a sink sink. Like, I get that Issa and them right, right in, like these like comedic relief moments. But I'm just thinking like, I, I don't make Condola type money, but I'm still finna find like probably a really reliable, like, Yelp review type plumber. This guy sounded like he came off Craigslist. And I just don't. <laughs> and the fact that it was still broken made me question like, did a plumber even come? Because it yeah. just doesn't mm-hmm. seem like Condola's character to hire somebody who would approach the situation like that. But that's, that's just my theory. I don't know if she ever cheated, mm. but that's just, that's just my theory. But I will say this point though, I will ask y'all this, um, Keisha, do you think she was wrong? One, for how she was insecure about Issa. And then two, when they broke up, proposing the question of if y'all, if she never cheated, would you still be with her? Um, honestly, her no, because when they when they ran into Issa, I guess they were having like a lunch date, and Issa and Lawrence are having like the the little joke session, and she walked in and tried to, ha, who's Jada? Jada died. 
Like, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? She probably seen like, oh no, they they really were together for five years and they really got that chemistry and that history like that does not go away. And then you can't, that's kind of not fair to bring up at the, at the Friendsgiving when everybody left, like, would you still be with her if like she didn't cheat on you? Because obviously, yeah. Or maybe not. Maybe then, like, Issa would have been like, Lawrence, you still ain't got no job. I'm tired of you. You need to go. Like, so you can't really say that because if she didn't cheat, obviously they wouldn't be together. But right. you just I, can't. That's not, a, that's not a fair question to ask. I feel like people ask that question as people ask questions like that as like, so they can feel better about a decision that they made. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. you know, like I'm going to ask this question that I really already know the answer to, you know, whatever it is, just so I can feel better about why we not together. Or he wanted to be with her anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> that type of thing. So I can feel better about my decision. That's why I felt like that was. Yeah. And she definitely avoided like the question that he asked her initially and countered it with the Issa question. He's asking like pretty much, am I the jump off? Am I the rebound? Because you're getting over your ex-husband that didn't want to be with you. And you countered that with, well, would you have left Issa? She cheated on me. What do you mean? Right. And and again, like to Keisha's point, I think it's unfair because if all of us look at previous relationships, if certain circumstances were not apparent, like there's a real, real, real possibility that we would still be with that ex. Like outside of like piss poor behavior or just grow, like just naturally growing apart. But typically when you break up with someone, it's for, it's for reason. And if those reasons weren't reasons, then like, yeah, I'll probably still be with them. You know what I'm saying? Like who knows what, like life would have brought on. I'm not saying that we would have got married or anything, but there's a possibility. Yes, I would have still been with that person. And I really feel like with Issa and Lawrence, they definitely would have still been together because, like, what I don't agree with with Keisha is that, like, right, <laughs> right when they were breaking up, is when he started getting his stuff together and like got the new job and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know that That's that true. would have been the issue, but it could have been something else. You know what I'm saying? So I do feel like if it wasn't for uh, what's his face that she cheated with? Whatever dude's name is, Daniel. I can't right. Daniel. Daniel. It is. If it wasn't for Daniel, then yeah, there's a very strong possibility that they would be together. And so I just think that question is unfair. And I think it spoke to, to me, Condola not really doing the work of healing from her divorce. And when you get to a certain age, let's just throw this out here. I'm married. But if I wasn't married today, I think how I would approach dating would be so differently. I'm not looking for... I don't think I'll be looking for casual dating right now. I'm not looking for my wife to marry her tomorrow. But I think when I would have some intentionality behind, like, I'm dating you to see, like, what's up. You know what I'm saying? Otherwise, I wouldn't there because I know, I know me personally. I just won't put myself out there. But if I was willingly put myself out there at 31, about to be 31, like, I'm looking for us a little bit more intentionality. And I think at their age, and it's okay if you're not ready to get married, but I think that that is, at that age, it is a fair conversation to have. And especially with Condola being a divorcee, like, I really think that's a real conversation because this man is like, you're, you get into holidays, you're developing, you're growing. And I have to find out through casual conversation, a joke that you don't ever want to be married again. Like, yeah, never. And not saying that I'm ready to propose to you today, but like, if this goes well, that's not even an option. And I ain't even really in trying to come to your Thanksgiving function. I know I'm the side piece. If you ain't invite me, ain't nobody. Now that was you cool with. 
ain't nobody that you cool with like that having a real function out of something like that. And if they want you to be there, they don't invite you. Like, Thanks. Mm-hmm. You, yeah, he didn't catch that. He, and he didn't catch it either. No way I would have been there. I'm like, oh, I'm obviously not as por- important as I thought I was. I'm not going to come. Yeah, I would have politely sent that text and be like, nope, think I'm going to have that nasty Hennessy turkey anyway. Yeah. And, <laughs> and like, I'm, I'm missing it. Then you, this man went to put on this, this, this fresh shirt. That was trash. That was oh, it was fresh. Shirt. No, it was, it was uh, Like put on this. Like he was really like to your point. I think he was invested and blinded by his own investment, which yep, is kind of yep. stupid on his end. Because like you should have caught. Like when I saw her stumble and be like, "Oh, sure." Like, right. Literally just had morning sex. Yeah. And you're stumbling over like whether or not I can come to your house for Thanksgiving, and it's just a friend. Like it ain't even your just family. Your friends. It's Friendsgiving. Now, sometimes, granted, friends are, like, super, super close, so I get it, yeah. but still, yeah. like, I ain't mean mama yet. Like, I'm meeting your friends, and usually that is the first layer, and, yeah, that's, that, that's a great point, John. I didn't even think about it. Yeah. See, here's yeah. another mm-hmm. thing with uh, Lawrence, because he, when he had the conversation with Issa, he's like, hey, can y'all maybe stop talking about me? I want things to work with this girl, so he has already made it known that he wants things to go far with her. And she is on a completely different page. So he's, mm-hmm. that's embarrassing to him. Like, I proclaim that I want to be with you to my ex. And, and here's the other problematic thing about Condola. Why are you so pressed about his ex and all he got going on when he is just a jump off? When exactly. he, you know what I'm saying? Like, why are you so pressed? Like, unless you were, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, again, being adults, if we're going to date, going back to Molly and Andrew, they had that first conversation. I think it's okay to date multiple people until you become exclusive. Because if I haven't decided with you, like, you know, and then once I decide, then, you know, I'm cutting everybody else off. It don't mean be like out here hoeing, but like, it does suggest like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not putting all my marbles in this one bucket because I'm still, you know, I've heard, I heard one of my homegirls say dating is nothing but collecting information. So after I've like collected enough information, I'm making the decision. All right, you're the one I want to be exclusive with. Boom, 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 boom. Uh, so I don't think that that's a bad thing. But again, to your point, Caitlin, like he expressed it. And for her to just keep moving on, but you're also on this other side of the, of the thing being so pressed. So it makes me wonder what she cheated on. Like, does she have like this insecurity of this is going to happen to me again? But at the same time, it ain't that deep. Like, you know what I'm saying? She was really complex in ways that I don't think she was honest with herself about. And then that dishonesty translated to her relationship with Lauren. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. She probably was cheated on. <laughs> yeah, because we don't know why they got divorced. Mm-hmm. So, so let's throw this one in there. Issa, while we were in there, Issa and Condola. Like, to my ladies, specifically, could you have worked with Issa or could you have worked with Condola knowing that y'all shared the bank? <laughs> <laughs> I could have. Um, okay. I was really proud of Issa in this episode because it showed a lot of growth. Um, to Keisha's point, um, a lot of growth and a lot of maturity to be mm-hmm. able to continue a relationship. But, you know, she needed Condola. So, yeah. you know, you yeah, you might have still been harboring some feelings for Lawrence, but you had to put on your big girl draws and kind of put that to the side because you need this woman. You would not have been able to pull off this event without her. Right. Uh, Condola, I just feel like, like you said, she cared a little too much for this to be so new and because you're the rebound, you're the jump off. So why do you care this much? 
And then I think that she was even more offended because Lawrence said, well, no, you shouldn't leave her hanging. Mm-hmm. No, she's not crazy, crazy. Like, you know, <laughs> don't, don't, don't leave her hanging. She needs you. And she was expecting something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he still, at, when he said that, she probably thought like, oh, he's still got feelings for her. Like, but Lawrence, he's not like no bad dude. He just has a good heart. Like, no, don't keep, don't stop working with her because of me. I'm like, I just now, I'm just now getting here. Like, we just now starting to get cool. But yeah, Issa definitely needed Condola for the whole event. But the way Condola did Issa the last, the last few times before, you don't do no friend like that. You grown, use your words. Because Issa, because Issa was like, (laughs) even though she was petty, like, uh, where your exes? Let me let me run up on them like how you run up on my eyes. <laughs> Very petty. <laughs> so petty. But after that, they kind of seem like, you know, let's just get Lawrence out the way. And let's just make, just because y'all two, or we all have history with him, let's just not make it and like affect our work, our work relationship. Because they, honestly, they did work well with each other. And Condola pushed um, Issa to dress better. <laughs> and mm-hmm. <laughs> she was returning mm. them clothes and swapping them out. <laughs> resourceful. Issa was very resourceful when it came to that. But also, like when they have like the checklist, like Issa was on top of her stuff, and the only thing she was missing at that point was her headliner. So she was just doing really well. Like so, Kendola pushed Lawrence and Issa to do better. So, John, could you have been? Like, how would you have navigated being Lawrence if that was? Yeah, um, I feel like I've been <laughs> in a situation like that before. Uh, <laughs> um, we're it was like that. It was like friends now. Um, yeah, I would have done the same thing. I would have wanted to make sure that she was good. Like, you know, don't leave Charlie hanging. Like, she still got, you know, like, look out. Like, be, don't change, you know, your character, you know, because I'm in the picture. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you say you're going to do something, then do it. Um, I think I definitely would have played it cool. As far as talking t- to Issa about saying like stop yeah. talking about stop talk, I wouldn't have done that. Yeah, I don't think I would have done that. I wouldn't have childish. Said yeah, I wouldn't have did that. That's a little too much. Specifically because like when his name first came up and they made the joke about Mayo, then like I think that was playful. And I don't know how it came up about him being like on the track team. Yeah, yeah. But it seems like, it doesn't seem like to me, I would have gathered that they had the conversations about me. If I would have had a conversation with anybody, it would have been condoled. Yeah. I'd be like, you know what I'm saying? I know that y'all are cool and working together, but. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, don't go around the right. girl. Yeah, like, it's, it's, it's kind of toxic that, you know, and I think to me that spoke to a bigger issue with Lawrence too, which you will get to. But like, yeah, I definitely think the conversation should have been with Condola. Um, but at the same time, I don't know how Condola would have took that. Yeah. Just seeing how, you know, how she is now, you know what I'm saying? So maybe he knew enough about her insecurities, just how she handled it all to be like, I can probably talk to Issa. And again, I probably still wouldn't have done it, but I'm thinking that was his, like, that's what he reconciled was the best. He felt more comfortable talking to Issa. Yeah. Than her. Mm-hmm. I, I also want to bring up the fact between the Issa and Condola that this is at the cracking point of her and Molly. So she's yes. trying to make it work. Yes. So I feel like while the growth thing is all very true, I also feel like she pushed hard knowing 
that this other relationship she couldn't really rely on as much at that point wow, which is super interesting that. mm-hmm. that's why in the beginning we talked about like them having this quartet like why didn't she lean on kelly or tiffany yeah you know what i'm saying like and i get that you're building something new is it because because you know some people as much as they're growing they still feel like they need to be a basket case. I need to be needed. Or I need, you know what I'm saying? So maybe she saw, like, Condola is another Molly. She's just not whatever, yeah. whatever. You know what I'm saying? So I, to your yeah. point, yeah, maybe Kelly was still there, but Condola served what Molly was serving, just not in a toxic way. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I definitely thought that they was like, because it's, it's just like, yeah, the like the placeholder. Like, I mm-hmm. definitely felt like that's what the role that she had. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought first, you know, when I first, I was like, look at now, look at her trying to make a, a new little friend <laughs> while this one falling apart. Like, which I understood. I wasn't knocking her for. I just like, I just know that's how relationships work in a lot of time. A lot of time. Right. I think also, um, because at the block body party, Kelly was like, girl, I didn't know what you were trying to do. So Condola had, <laughs> Condola had that um, understanding of her vision, why she's going so hard. So that gave a whole, a whole nother thing. I think that the, the theme for this whole season was y'all can't read the room for anybody on here mm-hmm. um, because Molly, even from episode one, has been jealous of Condola and just has never said it. Yep, I, and I think that feeling has actually shifted from protection of Issa. Because she know how Issa is and like, wait a minute. Two, to your point, definitely I think it shifted to jealousy. I thought, I really thought it was like, but at the same time in that first episode, the way she called out Issa, which we'll get to about, I think you just like me, girl, you love a good mess, whatever she said. Um, but before we dive into Issa and Molly, which is like what this season was really about, like the mm-hmm. depth of that friendship, last relationship I want to I wanna go into is Issa and my boy Nathan. He popped back on the scene. Look at John's face. I wish y'all could see his face. Uh, <laughs> he popped up back on the scene. Was it episode three? When they went to go see the baby, I want to say it was. Mm-hmm. And he like, he pulled the future meme move. Hey, you know, I heard that you blah, blah, blah. You ain't even got to call me back. I just, <laughs> you know, you're going to call you back. Um, but let's, let's like, let's like, John, you had a face. So I want to hear you first. Like, <laughs> Nah, I, nah, bro, a good dude, bro. He is, he is. I, I don't know why I don't really care for him like that though. Like, <laughs> I feel like he's just, I don't know. I, I, y'all come back to me. I, I, yeah, I want to hear what y'all think. <laughs> okay. Patience. <laughs> um, how do I feel about Issa and Nathan? Um, I feel like Issa, they were good, like for the moment. But um, him ghosting her last season, that, like, really took a strain on on their relationship, like, now. But she definitely used him to get um, Ben Staples. So Issa's a user. That's my girl, but she's a user. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But I don't know. I'm just like John. I I like Nathan, but he... I, he's forgettable. Exactly to me. He's okay. He's kind of forgettable. Okay. That's up. 
uh this whole season i've been like oh absolutely not forget nathan like i don't want to hear what you got to say going on about your business you got a whole family in houston um (laughs) (laughs) just (laughs) yeah i thought he had a whole wife and kid that he just up and left but um finding out what he was dealing with i am kind of like oh okay well that's a little bit more understandable i can i can hear you out now do i think that Issa can handle a relationship with him no Mm. you know i don't i don't anything nathan yeah and i think one it speaks to Keisha's point that he's kind of forgettable but when he's but to me when he's in the room he's in the room yeah so i don't so i don't know that he's forgettable i just think that he's a factor when he needs to be a factor mm-hmm. um i do think i don't want to i don't want to trivialize mental health because I do think, and I, let's just pause here. I loved how they dealt with all of like just mental health yeah. from Tiffany's postpartum. And I loved how when they were expressing it to the person, like even when Tiffany, you know, commercial break, you know, talked to her husband, she was just like, he gave, he, he wasn't trying to like beat her up. He gave her space to yeah. be vulnerable, even in that moment when he could have been upset, girl, blah, 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 blah. And then even for Issa, she goes like, she initially pulled that out of Nathan out of anger as a clapback but then her tone softened not out of i don't think sympathy but more so out of and he needs to have this space and right now the best thing i can do is give him space so i don't know that she could not have handled it because what we saw even from when he came back until his last appearance like they handled each other very well uh i think sometimes the knowledge of a thing presents in your mind the ability to try to look for something so I think anytime he may have spazzed out or had a, a moment, she probably would have tried to blame it where he could have just, I think at the end of the day, no matter what mental health issue you have, whether it's super controlled or not controlled, like you still have, I'm still going to get angry. I'm still going to laugh. I'm still going to be whatever, whatever, whatever. And I think to your point, Caitlin, though, Issa may not have been mature enough to differentiate you know what I'm saying? A moment, whatever a moment like that looks like, because I don't want to say I know everything about bipolarism, but a moment versus him just naturally being angry, happy, sad, whatever, 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 whatever. I don't I don't know right. that they were bad for each other. I do think that it was ill-timed. I understand why he did not say anything to her. Like I get that and I empathize with that, but I still think to a certain point, it was irresponsible for him to go away like he did and then just pop back like, Boom, and I kind of had nothing to, wrong. I had to force that out of you. Like, and again, we yeah. reveal we reveal what we want to reveal when we're comfortable. Because I'm not in the business of exposing anybody's truth or whatever that may be. But at the same time, if I know I intentionally went away, and I'm trying to ease my way back, like at some point, I too need to own having this conversation. Yeah, and that right. was my that was my main issue. Bruh did try to pull up with them flowers though. Yeah. <laughs> now he did, and now, mm-hmm. now to your point, John, he could have very well been ready to do at the end of season three. Molly blocked it. Molly blocked it. Molly blocked that. So let yeah. me take let, let let me retract all of that because he could have been ready. Yeah, he, I think he, he was ready. He, he could have been ready, but at the same time, when they did finally talk, like they still never had the. They still never talked about it, yet. and that was a big theme throughout the whole season. Yeah. When it's time to have the talk. Don't nobody want to talk. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I know these folks, which I know we ain't at that point yet, but I was like, I know these, these folks not about to walk away from each other and not have this conversation. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, all right. So last relationship before we get into the big one is Issa and Lawrence. So we see they condola and them break up. Well, we didn't see them break up, but I think we all assumed that it, that it happened. 
um, they meet up in episode three at Tiffany's house. And, you know, according to Tiffany, over here looking like a provider. And <laughs> Issa had to go. <laughs> Issa had, you know, she saw him and gave him, and they, you know, he kind of did the head not to go talk. I don't know what that conversation was going to be about. I'm not sure if that conversation was we broke up, Condola may be passing back, or I'm thinking, because, you know, he sent her the DM after Thanksgiving. So I don't know if his conversation that they had on their date was going to be the conversation in the driveway, but I definitely think whatever the conversation was going to be was going to be a precursor to what we now see with them. But do y'all think, I'm going to start with Keisha, that it was like, do you think that it was healthy or okay how they got back together, when they got back together? Yeah, uh, I feel like, yeah, I think it was okay because it's kind of like they kind of jumped right into like, their old history like they didn't skip mm-hmm. a beat and I just felt like that was so cute but they had the conversation when they when they needed to have the conversation because they were trying like to be cordial I feel like one they took it to where like okay well we could be in the same room we're at in the past um season they could even be at Derek's birthday party together like in that same room but now okay mm-hmm. we could be we seen each other at the gas station whatever after months or a year so I feel like they tried to see if they could be comfortable around each other okay boom now I'm starting to get feelings for you again or they never went away so let's go on this date and yeah I think it was pretty healthy okay okay I liked how they had the conversation I liked the whole date and everything I just think at the very end which if you've been with somebody for five years, like in your mind, that's still your man. I'm not mad at that, but I feel like Condola motivated Issa's move to want to stay the night. Go ahead. True. That's a, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> because you telling her, oh, you almost done. Um, no, you're going to stay with me because you still belong to me. So let, let me just go ahead. But in the car, Lawrence is like, oh, yeah, just go ahead and come upstairs. She'll be right down. You knew what was going to happen. Lois, that was game. <laughs> that yeah. was game. And Issa just fell right into it. And he's like, yeah, I'm almost done. I'll be there. No, you won't. You're mine. You still belong to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess there's no no right time to get back with an ex. <laughs> you just got to do it when y'all both want to try it again. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like it was something that needed to be explored again. Um, yeah, I do feel like he did just the man thing, like, oh, after jump, you know, don't, you know, so don't, immediately don't work out with with Uncondola. I'm immediately about to hit up, you know, my I ex. Think, or yeah. yeah, I felt like that was very just like I was like, look at him, think he me. But anyway. Um, <laughs> So, um, yeah, I, I was like, all right, bro. I mean, why not? You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I think it to was your, fine. To your point, though, that's that's super true. Like, it's easy, especially for me, to jump back into the familiar. We've been there. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So we know what that's like. But I guess but what's so interesting, I, I love the growth that we saw in Lawrence, too, because he went from, you know, literally he called her a hoe um, in a past season and was, like, super upset and really mad about how it went down to really growing to a place of, like, maybe she is the one, you know, maybe, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So I think that was some kind of, which we saw in their date, you know what I'm yeah. saying? He talked about how I tried to blame, like, yeah, ultimately she cheated, but like he admitted 
And I love the self-awareness of that. Uh, and I'm not in the Lawrence High, but I do love the self-awareness that he showed to say that, like, I messed up too. Like, it was some things that I didn't talk about. I could have been a better boyfriend and maybe Daniel would not have been, you know, it wouldn't have been so tempting to do what you did with Daniel if I was, yeah. if I communicated more, if I did this and I did. I mean, there's a lot of if, ands, and buts. And they did get back together. To your, to your point, John, I, I think you're right. There is no right time to get back with the ex. But I do think the way that it happened was interesting. I like that they paced it. Like they didn't just jump in. I do like that they had conversations before they made the decision to be yeah. even exclusive. Like they were still like, well, what is, you know what I'm saying? We saw conversations like, well, what is this? And what I really loved about, was it episode eight? Eight or nine, when they went on the date. Whenever the date episode was, I love that going to my point from the beginning that that was an episode of black love without any pain or drama. Like it yeah. was just a love story on display. Um, kind of like what we saw in the photograph. Shout out to that movie with Issa in it too. Like a lot of people didn't like the photograph. I think because they wanted some comedic relief with Issa. I enjoyed the movie because it was a true black romance. Like it was just a romance. And that's what we got to see. And so many times we don't see just that level of love without all of the the ex and the now baby mama and the all, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, not to say that any love love is going to be perfect, but when you just see people in love and working through it and talk, and that's what we saw for like two episodes <laughs> with Lauren, like even though they had a tethered past, like you still saw them. So um, Issa and Molly, but before we go there, Here's the thing that I want to explore with both of them to start off this conversation. I thought it was amazing how they both were willing to do the work in romantic relationships that they would not do with their friendships. And I think part of that as a just general conversation, we can have a whole living room discussion about this, is I don't think we oftentimes look at friendships as relationships. Yeah. I think we trivialize them to a point. Like we say, you're my best friend, you're my sister, you're my brother. But sometimes like we don't feel like we, if we, if our spouse or significant other messes up or something, like we want to have a conversation. We want to do the work. We're going to go to counseling and do this. But like, when have friends ever went to counseling? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, how often do we see that? How often do we really see friends sit down? Like, they're going to argue and make up. But, like, you know what I'm saying? When we really treat the friendship like a relation, you know, a relationship. So, like, let's talk about the initial breakdown we saw in episode one where, to me, it happened at the, the kickback, the fundraiser kickback, when Molly basically was like, you like messy stuff. That was the beginning of what we thought was the end. She said that because Issa, she didn't answer the phone when Issa called her when she first found out that Kendola and Lawrence were talking. Mm -hmm. So when she didn't answer the phone, Issa was probably like, you know what, whatever, like, I'm just going to let it go. I'm not going to think about it no more. So you feeling salty that your best friend didn't tell you something when you didn't pick up the phone, girl. And so now mm -hmm. you got to throw a jab, like, well, you just, be, I think you love, you love being messy because this little triple thing y'all got going on that was just like you're just butthurt that you didn't that you didn't know something and tiffany knew something mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah Molly was butthurt for another reason uh there because she found out from tiffany and then she's also mad that Issa's not willing to 
stop fundraising to listen to the fact that Andrew is dating other people. Everything has to be about you. Selfish. Yeah. Yeah. Just the way they, you know, the way they choose to fight, like, you know what I'm saying, with words and things of nature is like, it's like, it's really no boundaries in what Molly will say to somebody. You know what I'm saying? And I think that is very, very dangerous in friendships. Um, yeah, you got to have a boundary, like, when what you will say to your friend. You can, maybe your friend do like messy stuff. You know what I'm saying? Maybe your friend can't, you know, whatever. But you got to pick, you know, pick your words wisely. And she just never does a good job at that, even, you know, towards the end. Like, you know, you're going to make the conclusionary statement about the relationship. It's your job to clean it up if it's not that. Exactly. And I think so many times with those kind of people they dress it up because i've been this person before yeah um we dress it up or they dress it up as well i'm just gonna be the friend that's gonna tell you the truth yeah blah 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 when in fact yeah i can still be their friend but like you said john i've learned as i've matured too to season it with grace yeah and and there's sometimes we do need to have hard conversation and sometimes they need that slap in the face but i'm not gonna take a jab and dig under the belt like i think that makes the difference where i can probably smack you with truth but I ain't got to knee you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> and, right. You know, in, in the privacy to be like, get your life together. You know what I'm saying? So even with the whole mess situation, I think even if the conversation was like, girl, you just might want to be careful because I don't know. And you do know in the past, Issa, you've had a pattern of kind of, you know what I'm saying? Like what, however yeah. she said. And I think the other part about it too, it was ill time. Like yep. she just, she was having a hard night she recovered over that hurdle with that crazy, <laughs> that crazy tenant who wanted to play Kaya. My right, 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 right. Like she, had, she had to recover <laughs> from that. And then like she recovered and recovered well. She's celebrating. And then here you come with this. Like, if anything else, I'd rather her had just been selfish and keep talking about Andrew. Like while they cleaned up versus right. bringing up this, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, Issa was dismissive of the Andrew situation even after the event. So the conversation did shift, but I don't think it had to shift in that nasty of a way. Yeah. And I think you can get, go there with your friends maybe mm-hmm. sometimes, but I think, I think I'm going to take it, take it from a book from, you know, from take it from Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Ask a question. Like, how do you always end up in these situations? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like take, do, take it to Jesus way and ask the question versus you just like mess. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, so that's my thought there. But and that's straight ahead. up, that's straight up therapy too, because a lot of like when I think back on my therapy sessions, she legit just questions me to revelations and answers. Now there yeah. will be times where she's like, she read me for filth. And I appreciate those times too, because I need it. And I'm like, you know, uh, but at the same time, you like you think about it that way. It's like, well, why do you think your relationships keep failing? And you yeah. get to just talking and exploring. And I think that's, that's, that's absolutely a dope thing. I think the second breakdown, though, was in season two. I think we saw Molly being super selfish, and she did this jab, and then we see it again in episode two, rather, season four, episode two, where Issa on the mountain was like, I think you just be looking for nasty. Like, you know what I'm saying? And this is why I was never team Issa or team Molly, because I saw... While I think Molly was a lot more dangerous and whatever, I do, I will, you know, 
you know, contend to that. But I do think there were moments where Issa like threw jabs and she did it in this awkward girl way that made it funny, that made it because even after she said it and Molly got quiet on the on the mountain, she was like, well, I said I didn't want to say nothing. Like, but, you know what I'm saying? But like you still didn't have to say it to John's point like that. You know what I'm saying? To John, you could have said, Well, Molly, why do you think, why do you think he's not blah blah blah? Why do you think it's not working? You know what I'm saying? And so, like, like let's like let's talk about it because everybody wanna cake for Issa. And Issa was not perfect, Keisha. But like Kayla, let's <laughs> let's talk about it. Like why, like, like, like let's talk about Issa's problematic nature. Yeah. Issa is problematic, but she she did a reaction. So you've already hit me with the you wanna make my mixer about me. And now you're telling me your life don't have to be this messy. Um, and then after all my friends are congratulating me for a successful event, that's what you want to hit me with. So, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to take a jab back and say, well, do you even want to be happy? Like she it was a jab. Yeah, I think it was a well-deserved jab, though, because if we look at <laughs> Molly's track record. Issa made a whole song about it in season one that she was broken. Um, if Mighty you look, God, I remember that song. <laughs> <laughs> if you look at her track record, she's found something wrong with every single guy. Even if um, I can't remember his name on the show, but uh, Sterling Brown in season three, um, he's everything that you want on your checklist, and you left him at your parents' house to go smash a married dude. So. Do you actually want to be happy, or are you just saying that this is what you want for the masses? So I'm actually on his side on this one. So. Yeah, I'm not not on her side. I just think the way we saw the dynamics of the friendship all during the day, and then boom, the jab at the end of the night was was yeah. a, to me a really great parallel. Yeah, the yeah. the the avoidance overall with East, I feel like the, the, this kept avoiding Molly like throughout the season, I thought yeah. that was just overall very, very dangerous. Like, like you cannot avoid people like that. You cannot keep running from the conversation. Like, it's going to bubble up. And unfortunately, all their things bubble up at important events, yeah. which I think like that, that models life though, right? Like, I think that always models life. I don't know if y'all ever been into like going into the Christmas or the birthday or the vacation you know what I'm saying? Well, y'all not on the not on good terms, and then it blow up at the function. You know what I'm saying? Like yep. we we mad at the birthday party, we mad at, on the vacation now, and I feel like that just models life. Is that nah? When when you need people to show up at the at the event at the block party, if y'all not cool, that, that part when that person cannot properly show up for you, or they feel like they're going out of their way to show up for you because y'all really not that cool, then it's, it just it just blows up and I feel like that's what just kept happening. Yeah. No facts. In case you're not actually talk about talked about off camera was that one of the moments again that they avoided was in the grocery store. Like yeah. I don't know that they should have had a full fledged conversation, but if we're walking down these aisles and it and like if we got to the point where we had that little argument and we got peaceful, we can at least start this conversation. And yeah. uh, they typically like I don't know that they drove together, but if you did, that's a whole car ride. Like Come on, like there were there were many moments where they just Issa avoided it, and I think Molly, in some circles, but mostly Issa, 
avoided having the tough conversation, even at Thanksgiving, like, yeah, your brother dropped some gems on you at the end. It was like, you don't have to do stuff if you don't want just because other people think it, but like, you know, you know, y'all are off. And if this is your best friend, this was a moment that you couldn't blame being busy with the block party. Like this was a moment you just decided, you know what? I don't want to talk about this. And it continued to fester. Now I do think even let's go back to Thanksgiving. Molly was petty. Like even the whole, do you girl? Like it could have been a, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm not coming if you meet me with negativity. Like exactly. if you already have that attitude, I'm not coming. But at the same time, I get I get Molly too. Like you know you're supposed to be here. And you already didn't want to be at your at your uh quote unquote stepdad house anyway with them with alopecia and the twins. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't want to be there anyway. So I think in Molly's, I think even though Molly didn't know what was happening, I think in her mind it was like, she, you know what I'm saying, just do you because you know. Issa ain't really got no plans. She didn't want to stay at her mama's house that long anyway because of Stanley and the, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think when you know your friend, you begin to, you, and you could be wrong, but you begin to rationalize like, oh no, you playing. Yeah. Like, so, you know, whatever, do you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, right. yeah. And I think sometimes naturally Molly just, you know, always goes to the negative, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like overall in just the friendship, like she always, she never gonna see the the good in you. It's just like always on the negative side first. So, and I think yeah, that's probably partially what she probably need to be in therapy for. Oh, absolutely. And she's not yeah. she's not doing the work. She's not being yeah. Honest. She's not doing the work. She's not being honest. She's not telling. And even when she did, we saw the moment in therapy where she was honest, and her therapist read her fulfilled. She did. Um, she mm -hmm. like she she didn't take the actionable steps even after that. Um, so let's like let's fast forward past the first two episodes when okay now they're fighting over the parking spot in front of tiffany's house yep. you can tell it's awkward yeah and then molly throws the unnecessary subtle shade of like oh when you weren't here we decided it was over there like and i think that just began to really intense oh before, before we go there let's go to the halloween i think was episode two as well yeah and this is another re this is another time when molly no Issa kind of through shade but in a joking ish way she's like all right come on girl what you're trying to be red you know having your red table talk and like i think molly overreacted but i also think because that was a month that had passed so yeah. when y'all not talking y'all know y'all kind of off like that joke ain't a joke right now yeah it's not you know what i'm saying it's not a joke right now and, and that goes to i think the comment we said earlier yeah. about nobody being able to read the room like yeah that's not a joke <laughs> where i could have laughed in the past i'm not laughing right now. yeah um but let's push past it so here we are they are off and on off and on molly's uh isa finds out that her headliner is gone she she had after she called all these crazy people who the dead person the person who's now saying all, all the stuff she oh, you saying now? <laughs> are you saying now are you saying now oh okay she's like and you know you had a son who's gonna make it did he did he ever make it he's still uh, nobody right he's still nobody oh, okay um uh, but anyway, after, after she went through all of that, she decided to call Molly for obvious reasons. Andrew worked for a big entertainment company, whatever. Um, and we see Molly's face light up when she calls, which, you know, there's still hope. But she goes directly into, okay, cool. And that's the need. Issa didn't read the tone of, you know, of her. You know, she went straight into asking for questions. Do you think, just a direct question, after all of that transpired, that Molly was wrong? for not wanting to involve Andrew considering the state of their friendship. Keisha? Molly was just being petty. 
at that, but she probably felt like Issa only called me when she need me or if something's gone wrong, Issa calls me and it seems like that it's Issa's calling my, Molly for because she's just selfish because it's all about Issa when Issa calls Molly. But was it really going to, did it really affect your relationship with Andrew? Did it? That it did? No. Yeah. It's so it's just like now you want to keep things separate because you can't handle both of them. Like, it, it, ugh, Molly, she just gets on my nerves. <laughs> <laughs> she got on my nerves because, like, Issa really needed you. And then, and then when Issa called her, actually, like, well, did you do something wrong with the contract? Oh, yeah, she like, yeah. how do you know she did something wrong? Like, you just assuming that, like, she just dropped the ball. And then, like, for you being a lawyer, you could have helped her with the whole contract, but you didn't believe in her black party. You did. She didn't. She didn't believe in like her, like finally, like being a uh, throwing a successful black party. Yeah, and that just proves it. She did not. She did not like you. Instantly got on this girl's back. Like, uh, well, did you pay him? Did doesn't he have a contract? Side note: I think Condola had something to do with him voiding the contract, but you know that might come yeah, out next right, season. Right. She wasn't even yeah. texting. She wasn't even texting um Issa back during that time. That's when she like fell out the face of the earth. Right. Mm-hmm. So Molly, like you hit her with all this negativity, and even when see uh, episode one, you told um, Andrew this may li- be a little homegrown, but she's trying. Like you Facts. already yeah, set him that. up for that. So Molly, you're wrong. You're wrong. Mm. He said, "Yeah, you're a little selfish, but she's desperate. She done, she tried to message Beyonce talking about I'm dying, girl. <laughs> and we know Beyonce ain't respond to nobody's DMs, right? right. She tried. Yeah. yeah, I think that was just that that um that last like I don't even know like I don't even know the word for it. it's like, but I'm going to exert is going to exert my power over you. You know what I'm saying? Like mm, I'm losing yeah. power in these ways." but I still have this power. So no matter how much you need it, you know, I'm going to let my pride take in. I'm going to be like, no, you can't, you know what I'm saying? You can't hit him up, you know, whatever it is. I feel like it was just very bad timing, you know? And yeah. She just made that rule up. Like y'all yeah. didn't have that rule before. Yeah. Like you literally just made that rule up. Now you got boundaries. <laughs> exactly. She never had a man before. It- that's, that's true. That's true. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Like I know, I know you threw that out there to be devil's advocate, but that is true. Dang. And, and like I think, oh, I think that's a moment where we probably, even though I still believe Molly was dead wrong, but yeah. just processing that, I think that's a moment we can give her grace. Because mm. if you've never had it, you might not. I mean, just a little bit of grace. Um you maybe don't know how to comp, you know what I'm saying? Would this complicated? Would Andrew be like, you just using me or your friend? Like, you know what I'm saying? Do you know what I'm saying? But when I mean, we clearly see that that didn't happen, but at the same time, like, ah, I, I didn't think about that. She never had a real relationship and especially not one that could serve in such a magnanimous way to a friend that you are now quote unquote beefing with. So I see the layers. I still think Molly was wrong. Yes. Yeah, but I, I, I definitely see that as a, Dang, as a point. So <laughs> they get past they get past that. Issa finds a way. And we eventually see that the way that she found was talking to Nathan. And it was on that phone call with Nathan that she was like, I don't really, you know, F with Molly no more. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to remember, was there another blow up between 
her saying that she wouldn't call. I think that was the thing that made her be like, I don't mess with Molly no more. That yeah. That she wouldn't actually. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it yeah. was. So fast forward, here's the block party. Um, Molly's getting dressed, having this whole diatribe with Andrew about not going this and this, and blah, 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 blah. Right. And Andrew again is being like, maybe she's just busy. Maybe she's this. You know, you want to go, blah, 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 blah. They get to the block party. They're awkward. Issa's busy. We see the whole chicken scene when she know that Issa ain't ate because, again, Andrew had the conversation. Then we see them wobble, kind of later down the line when we notice that, you know, certain things bring up memories that cause them to laugh and retract and kind of like with Issa and Lawrence, like mm-hmm. there's this natural chemistry. So we're going to click on certain levels. But here's the blow up. Yeah. She finds out that, you know, Issa, quote unquote, went around her real quickly. I'm just going to throw it to John because I want, I'm ready. I know we need to wrap it up. John, do you think she was wrong? Issa was wrong. Or do you think it was betrayal that she kind of went through Nathan when Nathan kind of low key offered? We no. find out the opportunity. No, bro. No, like I don't. I don't care. Like if being in a in a place like where I be trying to make stuff work, like when you need people to show up, or like like you need people to show up. Like yeah. these are all the connections that you have. These are all my cards. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, and I don't know. Even if it's gonna like, if it's gonna blow up, I'm gonna hope that you, as my friend, are at least gonna give me some grace. If you like. Be like, oh, okay, so you see, you know what I'm saying? You're going to at least try to understand, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Versus try to turn me into, like, the criminal. Like, these are all my cards, shawty. Like, you know, so I'm going to play the ones I got. No, you're absolutely right. And I think that she had, she like, and that's the thing I think Molly didn't understand. She need, like, this, and that goes to your point, Keisha. Now, I'm going to ask you the next question. Like, I don't think she really support, I don't think, I really don't think none of them really supported it. It was like, dang, she doing this until the actual day. Yeah. But Molly, of course, like more specifically, was like, I don't think she really supported or believed in her idea. So the fact that, and I also think she was kind of butthurt. It was an ego thing that if I can't help, you don't deserve help. Yeah. Because, and that's what, that was my point to why I feel like she gravitated to Condola because I think, Issa is for so long lived in a place where she needs help. She was emerging in this place of independence and Molly has not relinquished her role of being like the helper, even in our time of beef. So I know the answer to the question, but Keisha, do you think Molly was right? Number one, in responding the way she did when she did. Um, no, I don't think she was right, but that's the only way Molly knows how to respond to, Mm -hmm. to Issa. Like, that's the only way she knows how to respond is to, like, blow up and be rude, like, be a mean girl to Issa. Like, that's the only way she knows how. Yeah. Caitlin, block party. Oh. Blow up. She was terrible. (laughs) She she was absolutely terrible. Like, you, you took an event that was beautiful, and then it ended up with Black people running everywhere because they thought you had a gun. Like, right. your man even told you, hey, let's not do this here. All I had to do was send an email. So if he's on your best friend's side, then you should have humbled yourself and been like, okay, maybe we could just talk about this later. And Andrew was even like, I'm always going to be on your side. But, like, I didn't think it would have going to be. Like, he even said, I didn't think it would be an issue. And to me, that lets me know this whole boundary thing was a lie you created yeah, that as an excuse because yeah. once you found out but even if it was a real boundary once you found out that your man wasn't tripping that should have been something you reconciled to your mind like you know what 
Maybe it's not. And then just have a conversation. I really didn't appreciate you going behind my back. And then she could have said, I didn't go. I went to like Nathan called me and asked how could he help. And I'm like, yeah, well, there's a way you kind of can. You know, right. but and to John's point, if I'm doing this, I've been in situations where I've, you know, so I've been like, I put on events and conferences up before. And when you need, Caitlin has come to my young adult conferences. My last one I did, I had Travis Green as my headlining speaker on the last day. When I got him, bro, it was because um, everybody else had told me no. Everybody else had told me no. And one of my friends was like, you know, Travis Green just opened up a church. I know his manager. I'm like, bet. You know what I'm saying? I was like, because my pastor had a whole plan for somebody who was whack. And I was like, no, this is not how we're ending this conference. You know what I'm saying? But I pulled my card out and did what I had to do. So I understand the sentiment. I don't think that it was wrong. They blow up. We go on this hiatus of both of them kind of, you know, exploring life without each other. Issa's waiting on Molly. Molly's waiting on Issa. We finally see that Issa breaks down and calls Molly. Do you think Caitlin, that her calling Molly was like really her rekindling it or was it really fueled by the fact that she's now with Lawrence and really needs a safe place to process that? She definitely needed the safe space. Uh, nobody else knows their relationship in and out like, uh, like Molly does. And that put her in a position where I'm not wrong, but I'm willing to reach out to you and extend the olive branch because I need my friend back. Mm -hmm. So whatever it takes, let's go ahead and get on the right track. Because if it wasn't for that, she would still be waiting on Molly to call and still not getting a phone call. Right. Right. So John, do you think like in that conversation or that meetup, it was clearly superficial. Like how would you have, even if you, let's say you were the Issa, how would you handle like the casual conversation, but never really bringing up the root? You talking about that brunch? Yeah. Oh, I was mad the entire time. <laughs> I was like, are they serious? Like, I mean, I understand, like, you're trying to warm it up a little bit, but, like, when you get the FaceTime, it's like, you got to cut it. Like, yeah. hey, like, it's almost kind of like when you initially call somebody, you know you called them for a reason, and y'all do the, like, yeah, how you doing? So yeah, but you know, really and you about yeah, <laughs> exactly. Let's talk about it. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like that's if you're that if you're friends with somebody and that's real, like, bruh, stop. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like, just kill the pretense. Like, hey, like you know, boom, like whoop, whoop, we've been off. Like, let's you know, let's figure this out. Like, I feel like it was just a waste of opportunity. I was disappointed in him. So, Keisha, did you did you think it was Issa's responsibility to bring it up, even though she extended the invitation, or? Um, cause it's how I'm like Issa. I, I hate confrontation. Like <laughs> I, I would hate to like have that. I would just see like I feel like she was just trying to see if they they could actually last through the whole brunch, and then maybe the next time they can like get down to the bottom of it. But um, I think she was just glad that they could like laugh and kiki or whatever. But if Molly was really that person about it and she wants Molly could have opened her mouth and be like look I know you call me for a reason and you want to meet up for a reason so this is how I feel like even months before the mm -hmm. black party this is why I feel like you had me messed up she could have said it she grown but no, Molly true. but Molly I feel like Issa could have said it too but Issa was already in her own head as when she first called Molly the first time and she didn't answer and Molly when she did that little you all you're selfish like you just mm, calling me because the little dream sequence yeah get a little dream you know how to be messing with our heads but um <laughs> <laughs> that that's 
the reason why I feel like Issa didn't bring it up was because she was already thinking like she probably gonna cuss me out anyway. So I don't wanna get cussed out. But Caitlin, do you do you think it was here's why I'm gonna play devil's advocate. Do you think it was Molly's responsibility though? Because I know me personally, if me and John got beef and I know that we mad at each other, I call you to brunch. Like we gonna have a little water cooler talk, but eventually I made the phone call. Hey yeah. bro, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, okay, I'm glad that you're well, but this what's up. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not I'm not, I'm not saying that Molly couldn't have brought it up, but at the same time, you initiated this conversation. Let's talk. Yeah. If I was Issa, I would have brought it up. Um, or if I was Molly, I would have brought it up. We would have had the conversation either way it goes. Mm-hmm. And if you see after the brunch, Andrew was like, Oh, well, why didn't you say anything? Right. She's like, wait, what? But Issa's trying to kind of fill you out, you know, get the relationship going again, but she definitely should have saw how awkward it was. How's your nephew? Molly was so dry. And then she finally started warming again, up. Again, not mm-hmm. reading the room. Like, Issa's yeah. pouring out, not in her soul, but giving a lot of details about a lot of stuff. And Molly's like, oh, they're good. Or Mexico was nice. You know what I'm saying? At that moment, like, I know at my point, all right, cool. Let's, let's have this conversation. Then. Yep, exactly. Right. Clearly, like, I'm not exactly. keep trying to have, like, yep. making you laugh and be awkward and we talking about the light skin mimosas. No. No, <laughs> and then we see how that bleeds over into when they do finally meet up. Um, she helped Nathan. They navigated that situation. They go over there to eat. And, you know, Molly sends the text to the wrong person. Oh. Oh Keisha, I'm going to start with you. I'm going to go Keisha, John, Caitlin. Um, do you think, let's just jump straight into it, that Issa's response was a valid response to that? It was. She texted her, like, I don't think this was meant for me, and I'm going to go ahead and remove myself from this mm-hmm. situation because it's obviously something that I'm missing. Right. So I'm going to just go ahead and leave, and that's just that. But at least she texted her, like, let her know like oh I got I see what you said about right. me. Right. Yeah. I feel like I I don't know. I don't feel like she, I understand why she wilded out because that's all they know how to do on this show is mm-hmm. everybody always jumps to the extreme. But just like okay, so I'm see I'm trying to make it work. I don't feel like that was that bad. You know what I'm saying? If anything, it's an I opportunity. Yeah. If anything, it's an opportunity to like have the conversation like. To be like, now, should we step outside? Should we tash it oh, out? Yeah, absolutely. 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 But do I storm out and say, like, you fake? Or whatever it is. Like, I don't feel that way, personally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Andrew had to make her entertain. And, you know, she's like, look, Daddy, did I do good? Like, that's, that's how I took the text. And I would have been extremely offended. And I would have left. See, no, no so... I, I see both sides. I see Kayla, but I agree with John because if we're beefing and because what the one thing I was hundred percent on Molly's side about now, the end of this, the end of that episode pissed me off because yeah. Molly threw all of her maturity out the window. Yep. She did. Um, but like when she even came back to the house and told Andrew, we didn't really talk about that. It was superficial. Like, I think that was real. And when, and, and granted Molly could have said something at the brunch and initiate the conversation but at the same time, if I was, I don't blame, number one, I think I've, let me, let, let me have my truth moment. I've been, I've been Molly. 
So that's one reason why I've kind of yeah. um, under, I, I don't, I don't make excuses for her, but I understand her. I've been selfish in friendships. I've been to one to be like, whatever then you can go. Like I, I've been Molly. So I definitely understand her vantage point. Thankfully I've grown to where I'm not a Molly type friend. Um, and thankfully the friends who are around me in that moment are still friends <laughs> today. Um, so number one, I kind of understand her perspective. It's not right but I understand it. But I do understand the perspective of, it was superficial. And to her text, to like John's point, I am, I, I, I really am trying it. She's like, trying. Because as much as we did have a good brunch, like if you weren't helping Nathan move, we would not right be sitting right here having dinner. Yeah, Especially if anything, after, it's an admission of guilt to trying. Exactly, like I'm trying it. Now I can see to Kevin's point how that can come off offensive, but like I think Issa is so oblivious to the point to like, girl, like y'all just had brunch today. It's the first time y'all talked in months or weeks or whatever it was, and you still haven't reached the root of the issue. Like, what are you? And I think that's the other thing. I think Issa, in that moment, I was on Molly's side. I think Issa was way too in the clouds. Like, girl, we're not friends. Like yeah. we, like me, like me and you can like have a riff but until we address the elephant like yeah we can like reminisce on the past and big issues but that's not going to automatically bring us back until we at least acknowledge that there was one and be like you know what i'm sorry for this blah 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 now if we never became friends you know that's a whole nother thing but you're gonna always reminisce on good times like Cause when, like when they were looking for Tiffany and they was at the little bar, it was like, oh, because it was Rico de Mayo and you wanted me to order five quesadillas <laughs> for the table and you were the, table. the table. You know what I'm saying? We saw them, like even in their moment, they were, had cut each other off. Now, where Molly made me angry was where she was trying to beg or try to petition Issa to beg, beg for her forgiveness. Yeah. And oh. was, because when Issa was like, okay, Molly was like, okay. Like, what did you expect me to say? Kaylin, yep. you're bubbling over. Go, go and get it out. Oh. <laughs> if you, when you look at Issa's face, her mouth is moving and not saying anything. Okay, it's the only thing she can get out. She's like, but that, wait, I'm not about to fight you to mm -hmm. be my friend. I cannot do this. And to Andrew's point, it should not be this hard. So a friendship with you should not feel like I shouldn't have to go to therapy with my best friend. Like, it, it's supposed to work. We're supposed to complete yeah. each other. No, Molly, I wanted to slap her. I was so upset. Yeah. She heard her. Issa did some really good acting in that scene, though. She is the yeah. awkward black girl, but she, she made me feel it. Yeah. I was tearing up with her. <laughs> yeah. And I do, like I said earlier, like, I feel like, yeah, if you make, there is always, you know, a lot of times in friendships and in you know, in those things, like there's stuff, there's a friend who jumps to the conclusionary statement. Well, maybe we just aren't supposed to be friends anymore. Maybe we just don't need to be together anymore. Yeah. Whatever it is to get the other person to react a certain type of way mm -hmm. to get them to do whatever, you know. And I think that if it wasn't that, then like it was her job to clean it up. It's like, well, what I really mean you know what I'm saying? But when she Facts. didn't beg, you know what I'm saying? When she didn't beg, she was like, oh, well. She was you know what I'm saying? like, okay. Right, right, right. Like, what like, you mean, okay? Like, you need me, Issa. Right. Like, that's how I felt. I was, yeah, I was disappointed in that. I, I was, was like, super girl. disappointed because it's like, if you tell me after all of our beef, we're just not a fit, and I feel like our relationship is breaking up because of we are having growing pain, then I, like, there's nothing left for me to say, but yeah. okay. And to your point, John, that stuff don't work because I had a girlfriend in college who called me on uh, April Fool's Day and wanted to joke, like, we gonna break up. And 
she don't know in my mind. I was already like thinking about that anyway. And when she said, I was like, cool. And she was like, cool. Right. And I'm like, right. She said, it was just an April Fool's joke. And my friend was like, what if he say okay? And I'm like, girl, he ain't gonna say okay. I said, well, you should listen to your friend. <laughs> um, and I'm like, and I don't, I don't want to be harsh, but like, don't play like that. Because one, yeah. I could have gave you what I just gave you, or I could have went on the deep end. Then I would have been extra pissed if you, I found out you were just playing. So I said all of that to say, like, you can't bait people yeah, into because you, you never know people. what they're feeling. Exactly. You never know how they're going to react. And I think in that moment, Molly was expecting something that Issa just no longer had the capacity. Exactly. Yep. She underestimated. She mm -hmm. underestimated. She thought she was going to get old Issa or something. I don't exactly. know what she thought she was going to get. And that's yeah. the point. They've been missing each other's growth. Yep. So they don't know. Like, this, this ain't Issa, you know what I'm saying, from the old apartment in the dunes. Like, this is a brand new mm -hmm. Issa. You know what I'm saying? So... We had that moment. We think they're done forever. Whatever. We get to the finale. And I've always thought, I thought, I thought we were going to see Tiffany's postpartum play out in a different way. I knew it was going to be a part of the storyline. I just didn't think it was going to be this. But it was her postpartum and her disappearing that really brought them together. The whole episode, they were getting nuggets from each other. Yeah. From other people about how they need to reconcile. Um, because their relationship was so fragile, do you think it was necessary for outside tragedy to bring them back together? Or was that just like circumstance? That's what they needed. They needed a push. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like sometimes, <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's sometimes you, in real life, I feel like a lot of stuff does happen that way. Yeah. Like in friendship, like I need something and it's like who, you know what I'm saying? You know, who you need to talk to or who to call or whatever it is. So, so last question. Well, second to last question. I'm going to give this second to last question to, to Keisha. And I want everybody to wrap up with a final question. Keisha, do, would you have answered the call when Molly called after all of that, considering the day they just had looking for Tiffany, would you still, would you have answered? You guys, I'm still growing. Okay. I'm really extremely <laughs> petty. All right. Let's just say that. My petty self probably be like, if that be, like, skip her. I'm not talking to her right now. I'll talk to her, but I feel like talking to her. That's how I be handling situations. Like I said, I'm still growing. But no. <laughs> but you Issa, right? Uh, I, she showed up. I do have a, I'm not Issa, I just say Issa. I love her. <laughs> I strive to be so forg as forgiving as her. But, you know, I probably will never answer the phone call. So, one, I want to appreciate all y'all for joining me in the living room. But before we completely wrap up um, the conversation, I want to do two things. I'm going to go Caitlin, Keisha, John. All right. So, one, what are your closing thoughts about Issa and Molly? Are you team Issa? Are you team Molly? You may not even have a team. That's number one. And number two, any predict? Because we saw at the end of the episode, they ended the conversation like they were actually talking. Like they were talking about it this time. Right. So, do you have any predictions going into season five? what their relationship could or could not look like? Uh, still Team Issa. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> uh, I, I, my prediction is they're going to get it all out because at this point, they are both going through separation of uh, guys. So they need each other. Mm -hmm. um, so they're, they're going to rekindle. But they need to have a serious, long, very, very open conversation. That's fair. Okay. Yep. Um, <laughs> obviously I'm team Issa always and forever but um, 
I think that they'll be friends next season, but it has to like, I feel like they have to legit have boundaries this time because mm-hmm. y'all done, yeah. the, y'all really was going for the throat. Like at the black party, y'all say everything. Y'all being one in the same thing. That was really rude. Yeah, y'all was really about to fight. So it's going to have to be like legit boundaries in the next upcoming season. Yeah. Yeah, I'm team either one of them. (laughs) (laughs) I want to see both of them grow and just be better people. Like I'm not, I I don't want to see them. Like I really hope Molly does the work and I hope that, um, that, you know, Issa can help her be accountable there. Um, and, yeah, I just really want to see them both grow. And I think they will be friends next season. I'm also wondering if, you know, yeah, I'm really interested in seeing how that growth they do together or how the, the way, what whatever works out between them, how it affects whatever guys, you know what I'm saying, are in the, are in the future. That's why I'm seeing, like, mm-hmm. does their growth together and the way they work that, does it then help Issa make a decision about Lawrence? Does it help her deal, you know, work better with Nathan and what he just revealed? So I'm interested in seeing. I think that will, it will be like everything. This season was about the outer, like, you know, in, in like affecting the inner. I think the next season will be the opposite. No, facts. I, um, I, I'm with you. I'm team nobody. Like, because I've been Molly in the before I understand her I've also been Issa like where I was yeah. kind of passive and kind of not dealt with stuff the way I should have and um I think most of those people I've made amends with in some way yeah. or not uh, <laughs> but uh but no I, I do think I want to see and but in addition to Molly I want to see Issa do the work too yeah me too I want to see Issa I mean to say like that. sit on somebody's couch yeah um, and like go to therapy um as well because yeah. I do think just just her whole passiveness to like even with like to the point about Nathan, if they didn't like, if he didn't like shade Lawrence, she would have never jabbed back. Like yeah. you could have, I think it was fair to, ask, even though Nathan probably should have brought it up. I think it was fair for her to ask that question when he first re-entered her life. Yeah. Like, you know, Molly told me you showed up and like, we've settled that, but like for real. Yep. You got to do a better job. You know what I'm saying? That. So I think like there's some work she needs to do too. What I'm most interested in is you said something that triggered this thought, John, about how they deal with whatever man or lack of a man. I want to see how Molly always saying Issa loves Miss, how she tries to reconcile this friendship, but also seeing the messiness of this thing with Lawrence. But did, but here's the other key though. Did like did Lawrence and Issa survive? Because we don't know what that final conversation, what the conclusion that was. We saw her roll up one and smoke on the balcony. So they low-key could have both broke up with their boyfriends. So it could be a thing to where Molly doesn't categorize Issa as messy because she ain't in it. But if Issa goes back, I don't think this is the end of Issa and Lawrence. And that's where I'm thinking Molly may rise up to old Molly. But how does You're she right. handle that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, how does she, yeah, how how does she, does she what does she do? And then how does Issa even handle, like, blaming the relationship on Andrew? Because as much as Molly was the issue, Andrew, I think, waited too long to have that conversation. Like, when he you did. wait till you fed up, inevitably, that's likely the end. You know what I'm saying? So I think if you wanted to, because he asked her a question, like, what are you fighting for? And I think mm. my my petty my petty response would have been was what have you been fighting for the whole time like why are you mm. just now giving up like you know what I'm saying like I think that was a conversation that was worth 
going into as well. Because if you're willing to give up, then why aren't you fighting? Or like, why didn't we have, you know, I, I, I think it's like, it could be a whole thing, but yeah. again, <laughs> thank y'all. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. I think this has been dope. This has been a long living room conversation. Um, <laughs> But I yeah. think it was necessary. And I think we explored like some real honest dynamics about um, just black millennial life and love and friendships and relationships and stuff that we don't often like to talk about and process for real, for real. And so I think it was necessary. So I appreciate all of y'all. I got to get all of y'all back in the living room. Shoot, season five recap. Let's already put it on the calendar a year, <laughs> a year and a half. <laughs> so John, Keisha, Caitlin, let the people know how they can follow you. If you got anything going on, let them know. Um, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Poet John Wood. Um, so you can see my poems. I'm talking about black life, all the things that's going on right now. Uh, Stained Glass Apparel is my, my website at Stained Glass ATL on Instagram. Unlike John and probably Caitlin and Joshua, I suck at social media. So I would even recommend y'all to follow me because <laughs> I don't be on there. <laughs> she don't. <laughs> I don't. If you want to talk to Keisha, take uh, you know, reach out to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I have Instagram and Facebook. Um, I am taking a little break from social media to focus on the Lord. Um, yes. But <laughs> but Joshua will tag me in this here podcast. <laughs> I will. And I'm going to put everybody's handles in the, uh, the episode notes. So again, thank y'all for coming through in the virtual living room. We're going to move on to our next segment that we like to call, I am my brother's keeper, but we got a woman uh, going into the segment with me this time. So it is I'm my brother's and sister's keeper. Let's go, y'all. Woosa! 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 All right. So Y'all, we are here for another episode or segment, rather, of <laughs> I Am My Brother and Sister's Keeper. Um, <laughs> I hope y'all enjoyed that amazing living room conversation. But I let somebody stay in the living room with me on a virtual couch. My girl, Caitlin, is still here. And she's going to let us know what she's doing for self-care this weekend. What you got going on? So for this weekend, uh, I'm actually celebrating my dad in a magnanimous way. Come on. Uh, <laughs> I love to cook, so I'm cooking a whole spread for brunch uh, as well as Father's Day dinner. And then I'm just going to take some time to journal and reflect over um, just everything that's going on in the United States right now. A task. Um, <laughs> you know what? You said something amazing um, is that I don't think sometimes we look at the service to others as self-care. And for some of us, that is our love language. That's how we process whatever we're processing. And I think it's like super dope that you consider that a self-care moment. So for me, I am a dad of two little crumb snatchers. I call my kids No Limit Soldiers because listen, if you've met Josh and Jada, they are No Limit Soldiers. They uh, are. But, but one thing I'm going to do on a real tip, though, for self-care is allow myself to be celebrated. Um, I suffer with imposter syndrome a lot. And a lot of my friends get on me, Josh, you're, you're this, you're this, you're that. But sometimes I just don't feel worthy for what um the, you know the celebration of things that i'm getting it's oftentimes it translates even to like birthdays and things like that so i am going to release that anxiety and allow myself to be celebrated um i've already told my wife what i want for dinner i want some houston so she can go get you know take that out and bring it to the house um and i told her exactly what i wanted as a gift you know quarantine got me working out a lot more so i want more workout clothes <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah i'm gonna allow myself to be celebrated and not try to you know, go pick up the Houston's myself or, you know, go do these other type of things. I'm just going to try my best to relax, like not do no work that day, not work out that day, 
just be celebrated as a father. Um, and to all my other fathers that's out there, I, I probably said this earlier in the episode, but happy Father's Day, if I didn't say it already. Uh, allow yourself to be celebrated too, brothers. Um, so thanks, Kate, again, for joining me in the virtual living room. I love the conversation. We got to get you back to really just talk about self-care in general. I know that's a passion point for both of us. Yeah. Of course. So, yeah, I'm going to bring you back in the living room. We're going to have a conversation. Um, but yeah, let's let's get ready to wrap this thing up. It's been a long episode. So yes, I'm gonna, it is. <laughs> I'm going to keep my rant short, but let's go into our final segment, um, a greater conversation. Let me talk. Let me talk. Didn't I tell y'all that the conversation was going to be good? Like, I know it was a little long. It was a little long, but I told y'all the conversation was going to be good. You know, John Wood, friend of the podcast, my cousin Keisha, childhood friend and current really great friend, Caitlin, was on here. We just had some really good conversation. So it was long and I apologize, but I feel like it was worth it, y'all. And as much as I love Insecure, we, you know, we had to talk about it. It was a lot of things to discuss. So a greater conversation we are here y'all know i'm a rant i'm gonna keep it short because i've held i think that's the theme for today trying to keep it short make a long story less long (laughs) um the conversation that i just want to have today is really for for us right i'm not going to so much rant but for us black people and allies and accomplices who claim to support us the conversation that I want to have to end this thing is for us to keep pushing. I know I kind of talked about it in the beginning when I shouted out the march, but I do not want us to become lackadaisical. I want us to keep having conversations. I want us to keep marching. I want us to keep making phone calls. I want us to keep sending emails. I want us to keep putting pressure on people in high places, your governors, your senators, your congressmen, your mayors, your council members, your um, what, who, whoever's in place, your CEOs, have the conversations, push the envelopes, do what you have to do, organize, advocate, find out how you can make a difference, find out how you can fundraise, how you can contribute. I know that is taxing, but we cannot let up. We are in the midst of a really modern revolution and it is going to be on us. When they look back in the history books, they're going to look at us, our generation, how we responded, how we moved, what we did. So instead of a rant and me reading someone this week with, you know, my my frustration or my anger, I really want you to hear my heart and let's have a conversation about figuring out what we can continue to do. The living room conversation today was super light. It was funny. And I wanted it that way because even when the part the when the podcast started off, we've been having some pretty relevant and deep conversations. And you know, this is what the podcast is about. It's going to talk about our blackness. But I think we launched it <laughs> in the middle of number one, a pandemic, but also um, a series of tragedies with the killing of black people. And that just added a layer of discussion to all of our segments that can be really heavy. So I wanted to do something light. I wanted to honor the culture, but since we're having a conversation on the greater conversation, I wanted to take the opportunity for us to be able to say, Hey, we're not going to let up. 
We're going to keep pushing. We're going to keep fighting. And if you don't know ways to do that, there are so many groups and organizations that can help you. Um, they can provide ideas. They can provide resources that can provide avenues where you can get plugged in. So that's it. I love y'all. I hope y'all heard my heart and I really want us to keep pushing. Right. And please know this before I stop this conversation, that all of our activism, all of our work will look different in different ways. And I don't want you to think just because you're not marching with me on Friday or marching with them on another day or doing this or doing that, that what you're doing is not important. It is. We need people on the front line. We need people behind the scenes. We need researchers. We need you know, we need people to support in a myriad of ways. OK, so do that. Do that. Do that. I love y'all. My jigsaw family, my puzzle pieces. I don't I don't know what we're going to call ourselves yet, <laughs> but I love y'all. So that's the podcast for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, What's going on with me? Yeah, the the rally. This weekend, this Friday, you can find me there in Atlanta, Georgia, downtown at 3.30 p.m. We're going to get started promptly in Hurt Park. We're going to go to City Hall. We're going to be having speakers and your boys are actually going to be one of the speakers. So join me there along with some other amazing people um, and singers and influencers and business people who are going to be, there's going to be a dope time. I also will be speaking on a panel Friday night. So Friday's super busy for me um, talking about the trauma and dealing with all that's going on and how we're dealing with it as a black community. So join me, go to my Instagram at I am Josh Rogers. I've posted about it. I can't um, remember all the details of the links, but it's posted there. So you can find me there. And yeah, it's just going to be a busy weekend. It's Father's Day. So happy Father's Day again to all of my brothers, all of the fathers who are out there. I think the greater conversation, the rant I could have had was to single moms who try to take over Father's Day and say that, you know, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to go into that. But anyway, Shout out to all of the fathers who are out there doing their thing and the father figures, the uncles, the grandpas, man, we see you and we appreciate the work that you're doing to hold down your family and to be an example. I love y'all and I'm so grateful for y'all rocking with me, but we're going to wrap this thing up. Be sure to email the podcast at the jigsaw podcast at gmail.com. If you have questions or comments or concerns and you, you want to ask them or you think I can provide some type of advice. Sure. We'll do it. We'll read your question right here on the show and provide you an answer. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave a comment and five stars. If you don't want to leave five stars, then don't leave a rating at all, <laughs> but make sure you do that and you can follow us as well at the jigsaw podcast on instagram and as always do what you can while you can the best way that you can but don't you ever get caught with your work undone i love y'all until next time